Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 1-737-1287. 1037-WEEI. Southern New England Sports Original. All right, welcome back. It is Cordishi and Coit with Don Darrow and Coit, Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEEI. Let's go back to the phone calls. Let's say hello this morning to Mike in Mass, wants to talk about the Patriots. Good morning, Mike. You're next up on Cordishi and Coit with Don Darrow and Coit on WEEI. Morning, guys. How are you? What's up, Mike? Hey, hey. Uh, I just wanted to say two things. Uh, first is, after last night's game, <clears throat> I think we can put to rest anything about who's our starting starting quarterback. Yes, I agree. I did not. Uh, he, Mr. Zappi, uh, got zapped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, McSorley is going to be cut, and I really wish I got to see a little bit more of Cunningham to he, see what he was like. You yeah. know, except for you know coming in and doing the, the special little oddity plays that half of them were penalties, anyways. So I, it was I, just very yeah. interesting. I, I I wonder about we were talking earlier about the whole putting things on tape thing. Um, I, I wonder about that with Cunningham too, because do they put uh, you know enough on tape where a team looks at it and says if they try to sneak him to the practice squad and he's on waivers, does another team try to claim him? If I'm the Patriots, I play it safe. I put him on the roster. I think he makes 53 men because I don't want to lose him. I agree. That's correct. He's just got talent. He seems pretty smart, and he needs development. That's yeah. a perfect 53rd minute. Yep, I agree. And then the last, the last thing, because I know you guys are pressed on time. Another caller in, in, you know, the Red Sox. But you you have to deal with, um, you know, what Dan said with with Robert Kraft. That surprised me. I usually like what Dan says a lot. But uh, uh, we need to be very thankful for Mr. Kraft. He saved it from staying here. He built a new stadium. And, yes, bologna sandwich at that time was needed. I think he was saving up for a Patriot plate at the time. But uh, he is um, a great businessman, like you said, as well as a Patriots fan. And that's a perfect combo compared to Mr. Henry or Mr. Jacobs. I put Wick almost on the same level as Robert, but when it comes to Robert, like all of us, we all like to have a happy ending at the end of the season. Oh, you guys have a good one. Thank you, Mike. You guys have a good one. Thank you, Mike. Mike. (laughs) Hey, ho. Wasn't ready for that. Hey, ho. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I think it's probably somewhere in, in in the middle, maybe, of what Dan and Micah had to say about Kraft. I mean, I think... You know, I, I I don't think it's as far down as as you know Dan said with with Kraft and and holding back because the guy invested in a new stadium and all those things and Patriot Place and the place is totally different. Um, you know, but at the same time, are there times where you know they could put more into the spending if you look at the numbers here the last few years, whatever? Sure, maybe you know, but I I think he found the coach 
that likes to run the business that way too. I don't think Bill Belichick likes to hand out those huge contracts either because I think that's just part of the way that he does business. So it's probably a match. Yeah, I think um, hmm. the you know maybe the biggest thing you could criticize him for, one of them as of right now, we'll see, is he t- chose the wrong guy in 2020. Yeah. He could have stepped in there, and I know he didn't want to step in, and Bill Belichick and, and him had the arrangement, and they were really close and all those things that helped keep them together for 20 years. But, you know, if this doesn't get better, or if the Patriots are average or below average again, uh, once again, it will be you picked the wrong guy in 2020. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady had more time left. Tom Brady was more the Patriot way than you thought. Um and you could have had a few more good elite years of Brady, maybe even won another championship, even if it meant you bring in another head coach or another defensive-minded coach or whatever it was. That right now, unless there's a big turnaround this year, Mac Jones becomes the guy, and then Bill Belichick is the one that brought in the next guy and helped develop the next dude franchise quarterback, that's going to be one of his, uh, you know, whoopsie. Because that's one that I think a lot of people would would have liked for him to have back. With Kraft 2, uh, I think I'm going to make a judgment uh, on, on a part of his career here at the end of this season if it doesn't go well. Will Robert Kraft be bold enough if they don't finish higher, you know, I think seven and a half wins is the Vegas total for the Patriots. They go below that and they have another year where they kind of flounder and things don't work out well for the offense and they do get beat up by other teams and scoring points and whatnot. What does Robert Kraft do? I, I think it's going to be another crossroads important moment for him and his franchise. And so, you know, say what you want now about, you know, what Kraft has has done here. I think he may have a, a big moment to face if the Patriots don't have a great season this year as well. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, okay, let's go to Steve is on the line, been waiting patiently, wants to talk about the Patriots as well. Good morning, Steve. You're next up on Cordishian Coit with Dondero and Coit on WEI. I have a lot to say, but I have to let you rephrase what you said about Dan's comments because you fluffed them over. What is, what is, what is 27th, according to Bill Belichick, in, in payroll in four or five years that Belichick was talking about? And what is it about 31 out of 32 teams that you want to say is too blunt, is too... We're not talking about out of 100 teams. We're talking about out of 32 teams. You reference the Bruins and the Jacobs. Okay. The Jacobs used to cop to, we have the top third pay... Excuse me, the top third, third ticket prices and our payrolls in the bottom third. At the time, we didn't really know what it was. We're not in the bottom third. At 31 and 27, we're in the bottom... 10%. But did you hear my point, Steve, about the Jacobs? Yeah, your point was, oh, I don't know if Dan, I think Dan's a little too strong. Maybe Bill Belichick's the guy not spending the money. That no, that's not what me, I said. That's not what I said. Oh, I said he, what you said. No, okay. it's not, Steve. It's not what I said. Don't put okay, words in my mouth. Say? That's not what I said. All right, hang up. I'm done. I'm not doing this today. Not doing this today, Steve. Don't put words uh, listen, in my mouth. Here's the thing. Mark, is that what I said? Is that what I said? I, I I didn't even follow what Steve was saying. I didn't so I'm either. not sure if he said something you said. Listen, I'm just going to make this quick point. What were the Patriots in spending on wide receivers the last few years? It was high. It was right? high. Weren't mm-hmm. they? So the problem wasn't the amount they spent. It was on who they spent it on. Yes, correct. And evaluating the fit and the talent and all those different things. Or Bill Belichick's inability to draft. So 
I, I, the spending thing, this goes back into baseball, and I know we're gonna, we have to get to Mookie a little bit. <laughs> the spending thing, I'm not going to go nuts over the spending. If it's blatant, yes, I'll, I'll admit it. But can you find a way to get the right guys, whether you're the highest spending team, the lowest spending team, draft picks, free eight, get the right guys in here. That's been the bigger problem for the Patriots than just simply the dollars spent. Right. And and look, you can point to the numbers with the spending and whatnot, but a couple of years ago, they spent a lot of money in free agency. So that's why it's hard for me to look at it. It's hard for me to look at it, and I'll say it. It's hard for me to look at it and say that Robert Kraft is cheap. That's what Dan was implying. He was right. implying that Robert Kraft is cheap. I don't think Robert Kraft, especially going back to where Pete Carroll was the coach, I don't think it's fair to call Robert Kraft cheap because he invested in a brand new stadium and a new complex in Foxborough, and the team has come along in terms of the spending there. And again, if Steve had listened to what I said about the Jacobs, what I said was, do the, did the Jacobs over those time periods and those years, did, they, did you feel like they cared about winning the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. Does Robert Kraft care about winning the Lombardi Trophy and winning and having a winning franchise and whatnot? Yeah, that's why they have six Lombardi Trophies sitting down there in Foxborough. So I think it's a little bit different. You know, even the year that the Bruins won the Stanley Cup was a year where we looked at it and said, wow, the Jacobs really spent this year to get it done for the Bruins. No, they didn't. It, it, it didn't happen. So that to me is why I, uh, I don't even I don't want to get too frustrated about Steve. Because I know what just you're puts, saying. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't, I don't like I don't like when people put words in your mouth. Uh, OK, so we, we've been teasing it all morning. Uh, and I'm sure that you and Ben will be talking about this a little bit with the Red Sox and, and Mookie Betts last night. Um, you know, I think it was a nice moment last night. It was great to see Mookie Betts back there. Uh, guys having a great year with the Dodgers and whatnot. You know, it, for me, what I, what I, when they traded Mookie Betts away, you know, it, it was frustrating. Fans were frustrated and whatnot. I think the thing that, that has frustrated me more about just the, the deal on the surface itself, Mark, is not just, it's not just that they traded away this guy. It's that it signaled a new way of doing business. Ironically, we're talking about owners and doing business. Of doing business for the Boston Red Sox. I didn't think trading away Mookie Betts was going to turn into, we basically, with the exception of Rafael Devers, don't spend on franchise players to keep them around. Because that's basically what it's turned into. Yeah, I know. They signed Devers to the long-term contract. Yeah, I know, they gave a deal to Trevor Story. But but then you look at it and you say, well, we don't want to give this much money to Nate Evaldi, so let's just pay for Corey Kluber at this price. Well, we don't want to spend too much on this player, so we don't want to, let's spend a little cheaper on this player. Okay, let's just bank on prospects who won't be here in three years. I didn't think that the Mookie Betts deal was going to turn into what, the Red Sox have changed, which is their philosophy on, on how to run business. I thought it was just a decision on the surface. And if it had just been that, I might have been able to look at it and say, okay, well, they just didn't want to give this particular player the long-term big-money contract. And, okay, I, I don't agree with it. I would have given him the deal. But, okay, if you make a call on one guy like that, but you're still doing business in a different manner with different players, fine. Uh, but... It's not what it signaled. And so that's the frustrating part of seeing Mookie Betts back there last night is that now you feel like the Red Sox aren't a team that necessarily will go out and spend big money 
on a big player. And and another piece of evidence of that is the fact that, you know, Shohei Otani's going to hit free agency this offseason, and you don't feel like the Red Sox are going to be players for Shohei Otani, when they should be players for everybody because of the Boston freaking Red Sox. They're a big money, big market team, and that's the way that those things should go. So that's my that's my initial thoughts that come to he- my head with the Mookie Betts thing last night. So obviously, I never liked seeing Mookie Betts go. I did support the the trade, and I still support the trade. I didn't like it, but I support it just because I was, you know, I was worried about the Dustin Pedroia effect and giving him too big of a contract. And I know he was only twenty seven, but he was a smaller guy, and but he's such a winner. You, you know, it was probably a move. Uh, how do I want to phrase this? There. Xander Bogarts and letting him go was probably the right move. Letting Mookie Betts go probably wasn't the right move, even though I still support the decision. And I think the big mistake, the biggest mistake, A, when you traded him, you did not get back enough. That was, And we knew that at the time. The thing I kept saying at the time, where is all the pitching? How yeah. did you not get back pitching? for Mookie Betts, and guys in the Dodgers, or whatever, pitching for Betts had to be a part of that deal. It wasn't, and that was a mistake we talked about at the time. The other thing since then, and why I don't think it's devastating that you got rid of Mookie Betts, because if you're the Boston Red Sox, and you had just not necessarily went out and got the superstar guy, but go out and get the Adam Duvalls and the Masataka Yoshidas and those types of players, not Kike Hernandez or bringing back Jackie Bradley Jr. or right. bringing in Corey Kluber to start opening day or re-signing Travis Shaw. Those, Eric Hosmer, those were the deals that made me sick, okay? If you stuck with the Duvalls and, like I said, Yoshida or Kyle Schwarbers and lived in that world after you got rid of Mookie Betts, the Red Sox would have been fine. They would have been absolutely fine, but they didn't. They recycled guys. They brought guys up that weren't ready. They had no feel for the farm system. The guys were, you know, it was just a mess. And that's why they're in this position. Because again, I mean, it's hard to believe they still have a month left to go in the season. And they feel out of it, even though it's three and a half games. They're fighting. They're what? Seven games over 500 in the best division in baseball. They've just been too inconsistent where they haven't been able to you know, lock up a spot in the postseason and, and create a little separation. I just think the Betts thing, you know, he's having a career year again with the Dodgers. They're 30 games over 500. Doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series, which is what it's all about. But, um, you know, it is something to think about when you talk about the Red Sox inconsistency and being in the playoffs. And here's another thing. Okay, real quick. And we're not going to get into this, but if you go look at Betts' playoff numbers in Boston, not great. No. So mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about that because he was such a good player. Yeah. And there are so many regular season games in baseball. You have to get to the playoffs. But they weren't great when he was here. That's all. No, I, and that's why, to me, on the surface, Mark, if you made a call on one player like you did with Betts, but you continued to be the Red Sox and went out and free agency and, oh, there's a big pitcher out there. And let's go sign him. Let's go sign this arm to our rotation. Let's go do this. Instead of patchworking some of your roster together with putting Kike Hernandez at shortstop when clearly he's not an everyday shortstop. And, you know, last year they went into the season with Christian Arroyo as the right fielder when the guy's a 
career utility infielder like all these things. You shouldn't be doing that. You're the Red Sox. That's right. That's, that's the, that was the problem. Yes, that was the mistake. That's it. And that and it signaled it was the beginning of a new way of doing business. And that's the frustrating part. You make one call on one player, fine. You might get it right. You might get it wrong. For the things that you pointed to with with bets, with the playoff numbers, you know, with I think some of his numbers when he was here, you know, fastball against, you know, hitting a curveball or something like that, the metrics and whatnot. I never got into that, but I'm like, somebody pointed like he's not as great, you know, if somebody's, you know, just throwing him junk. Like, I, I don't know. All those little things. Yeah, 20, like, 21 games in the playoffs with the Red Sox, he had four RBIs. Fine, yeah, and fine. So if you want to point to those and say, we don't want to spend, twelve, you know, $365 million over 12 years for a guy that's not going to perform in the postseason, okay, fine. If you're going to make that call, make that call, that's fine. But it signaled a new way of the Red Sox and what they do and just them – not being players and not being a big money team and whatnot and all that, that that's what it signaled. And that's why it's so frustrating when Mookie Betts comes back to see that because, you know, again, they're, they're talking about like some of the, some of these guys are on the way through the system. Well, Mookie Betts had gone through your system. Xander Bogars had gone through your system. Raphael Devers had gone through your system. Why did they need to rebuild when they had guys here? You know, and the thing that, that is, you know, underrated or not talked about enough with the bets deal because I, I'm with you. Like they, I feel like they should have gotten a lot back for a generational, you know, top five player in in MLB talent and bets. Is the fact that they unloaded the price contract in that deal? People yeah. don't talk about that. That's why they didn't get enough back. Yeah. But it again it's speaks to price. the whole we're unloading contracts. We're getting rid of money, and we were talk. We've been talking about owners and comparing them. You know, this morning on this show, if you want to talk about, you know, comparing the Jacobs to people, John Henry over the years, up until about 2018, probably into 2019, was a guy that you felt like was spending, you felt like was investing, you felt like cared about winning World Series. I think he has morphed into something like the Jacobs used to be, which is, you know what? As long as we're making the bottom line, we're making the money, we're making a profit, we don't care who's coming into the ballpark. Maybe Dodgers fans are taking over Fenway Park this weekend. But you know what? I don't care because we're still selling tickets. The ballpark's still full. Yeah. We're still doing okay. And the way we do business now is we'll hang around. Three and a half, three, four games out of the last wild card. We'll be in it and make it interesting right up until the end of September. And then, you know, if we win a World Series, eh, it's okay. If we mm-hmm. don't, eh, it's okay. But again, you know, we've talked about it, the, the whole thing. Trout and Otani have won nothing. The the Nationals, sure. they, they they let Bryce Harper walk. They win the World Series the next year. You know, the Astros, they lose Correa. They lose, um, who else did they lose? Springer. Oh, George Springer. Mm. They win the World Series. I mean, it's not just about those stars and, and paying the high prices for those stars. I'm just saying the Red Sox should never have a black hole in a position. They should never be Amen. in the bargain basement. This is the Boston. You don't need to sign the $400 million contract, but you need to go get the established players, the guys that can professionally fulfill a position and not be. And the other thing about bets, you know, you kind of just alluded to this. He's box office. The way he plays, what he does at that size. I always kind of, when he was here, I used to sort of compare him to Steph Curry. You, you sort of couldn't believe at that size how he could hit the way he hit and the power and the home runs and all the things he would do, dominate the game at that size. He's like 5'10", 5'9", you know? 
that was another thing that you gave up on. Now, he doesn't seem to be breaking down. He's in pretty good. He takes care of himself. So it's tough. But if they just didn't get so cheap everywhere else, they would have been fine, and we wouldn't have discussed this nearly as much. There's something to be said about having a popular player around or having that for your business, a face of your business, whatnot. I think the Yankees just invested in that. Now, look, the Yankees yes. are in a in a tough spot, uh, you know, where they are with a lot of their other pieces on the roster. But, look, they sucked it up and they gave Aaron Judge the contract, made him captain and whatnot. That's at least going to keep people interested be- right. because it's Aaron Judge. He's their face. They should invest in that. Mookie Betts is probably a guy that – and I know they did that with Devers, but Betts is a guy that – People still show up to Fenway Park with 50 jerseys. They do. They still do. And that's that's that speaks to the popularity, the likability of the guy. And so sometimes you can do both. You can do both if you're the Red Sox. John Henry has chosen not to do both. All right, let's take a break. We will come back. Joe will have our producer's question. We will wrap up here. It is Cordishi and Coit with Dondero and Coit, Southern New England Sports Original, WEEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 